morning is from Matthew chapter 5, verses 13 to 16. The salt and the light. You are the salt of the earth, but if the salt loses its saltiness, how can it be made salty again? It is no longer good for anything, except to be thrown out and trampled underfoot. You are the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, and it gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others, that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let's pray, shall we? Father God, thank you for your word to us this morning. Thank you for the reminder of Jesus, the light of the world, and your call for us to be lights in your world. And in these challenging times, we pray that you might just speak to us afresh, just prompt us in some way this morning by your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name, amen. So I guess I, I do need a bit of help this morning in trying to work out what this new normal is all about. It's, it's rather slippery. The new normal in March was a total lockdown, one 20-minute exercise session a day, shielding for a large swathe of the population. By July, the new normal let me watch football, go camping, and queue for rather a long time outside Tesco's without a mask in the hope of securing some shopping. Now, in mid-August, I can eat out to help out without a mask, but I need to mask up to worship or to shop. At the same time, I've got to be very wary as to where I book my holidays, because I may find I'm stuck with an extra couple of weeks of quarantine. And there's always the possibility of a local lockdown. I wonder what September's new normal will look like when schools reopen or how it might change if the second spike hits us fully later in the year. If there is such a thing as the new normal, it's pretty elusive, isn't it? And all, all that is rather disconcerting. And then my petty concerns about what tomorrow might look like pale into insignificance as I reflect on the impact on the wider community and the lockdown legacy of the pandemic in terms of death of economics, of mental well-being. It can feel as though our whole futures are being mapped out by the government and by the virus itself. Everything is out of our control, and maybe God's lost control as well. Well, that's one way of looking at it, but you won't be surprised that I want to be somewhat more hopeful this morning. Whilst we live with the effects of the pandemic, and for some, those effects have hit really hard very close to home, we are faced with an opportunity as a church, as a society, and as individuals. I don't know if you've seen this uh, Charlie Brown uh, cartoon. Hopefully it'll appear on your screens at home and here in church. When you can't control what is happening around you, challenge yourself to control the way in which you respond. 
Despite the undoubted devastation and havoc created by coronavirus, there have been many inspiring examples that induce hope. In the early days of lockdown, who can forget the images of Captain Tom Moore walking laps of his garden to raise money for the NHS? Many of us have experienced a heightened sense of community and neighbourliness. For some, a slowing down which has enabled us to appreciate the things that really matter in life. Our health, our relationships, the environment around us, the joy of birdsong. There's been the demise of a daily commute, the belated recognition of the true value of NHS and carers creative partnerships between the voluntary and the statutory sector. All of these things have illustrated that even in times of tragedy, there is good in humanity. I wonder how many of these positives will be guarded and protected and become features of the ever-evolving new normal, because we'd be foolish to retreat back to our old ways. And what about the church? forced to adapt to new ways of being, new ways of engaging with their communities. Here at Christchurch, online services reaching a broader audience than we'd previously reached in a live setting. Bread for Today revealing the, the giftings and diversity of the Christchurch family as so many have shared their insights and their reflections on God's word and its implications for daily life and witness. The expansion of our food bank and the developing CAP schools partnership. Alpha online. A strengthening of relationship and heightened sense of community in many of our life groups. The creativity and passion of our youth and children's teams. The willingness of our tech team to embrace new technologies and learn new skills. And most significantly, the way God's people on their front lines have loved and cared and shown God's love in words and action. Salt and light in the world. We've all had to be light on our feet and we'll need to continue to be so as life evolves and fresh challenges come to the fore. But the danger, of course, is that these learnings somewhere, somehow get lost as any sort of normality evolves and we revert to old ways of beings and settle back into old patterns. And that's something we must guard against as a society, as individuals, as a worshipping community. In the months ahead, there will be further challenges, undoubtedly, but also some very real opportunities. To help us in our thinking about this, I just asked a couple of people to uh, record a short piece on video to reflect on what the new normal looks like in their settings. And just briefly to mention some of the challenges they've been facing, but also to recognize the opportunities. The things that these individuals are still very much working out. But as we listen, as we watch, let's be thinking about the challenges and opportunities we face in our own particular environments. So we're going to hear first from Miriam, and then from Pippa Osborne, the head at Christchurch Juniors. Um, the uh, 
new normal looks like in my setting, um, however that might be described. So I'm a counsellor and I volunteer for a great organisation called Network and I also work in the UE wellbeing department and um, it is a bit of a difficult question to answer what the new normal is because at the moment um, I haven't been able to see any clients in person um, since March and um, that has presented both um, challenges and uh, opportunities. Some of the challenges have been that it's a bit more difficult to build a relationship with somebody um, over a video call. Um, but some of the opportunities have also been that uh, people who might really struggle to access counselling coming into somewhere um, have been able to reach out and, and get counselling either by phone um, or online in ways that they may not have been able to do so before. Um, so it's a bit difficult to say still. Um, I think it's a watch the space of what the new normal will look like. Um, UWE campus appears to be starting to reopen, but we can see from the way um, things are opening and then closing back down like that um, could change. So I think some of the new normal is just learning to be flexible and sort of live uh, almost in the well in the present and um, with with uh, faith that um, God is somewhere in this. Thank you. Bye bye. Hi, I'm Pippa and I'm the head of the junior school. And Paul's just asked me to talk for a minute or two about what the new normal is going to look like for me and in my setting. Now. Obviously, since March the 20th, when we were told to close our school to all but key worker children and then to reception year one and year six, it has looked and looked different to our real normal every few weeks as the guidance keeps changing. So as we go into September, we're going to be looking differently again because our bubbles are going to become bubbles of 30, which is going to be in the class sizes, and they're going to go back to being taught by their class teachers. And yet, looking around the school, we're going to be chewing all sorts of changes, such as unisex toilets so the children aren't mixing, and staggered lunch times so that they're all able to have their own parts of the playground and not cross over. The children will be dropped off and picked up at different times of the day, depending on what class they're in, and they're all going to register at their classroom doors. And that's not to mention the signage and the one-way systems that are all around the school. So the new normal is going to look radically different again to what children are used to. However, challenges-wise, I think the fact that we've had to redo it so many times and that we're trying so hard to keep everyone safe and yet give children um, a sense of security and safety, that's the greatest challenge, is trying to walk that tightrope between safety and security. But in terms of the greatest opportunities, the way that we've been able to work with our community, partner even more closely with the church, and support the families within our care has been amazing. And the staff have been incredible, stepping up to that challenge. And I feel so proud of them. So certainly the new normal gives us opportunities in the future.
Good to hear from members of our wider community. And uh, as you heard, you know, it's not all worked out what the response to the new normal is. It's a case of very much being uh, light on their feet to try and work out the right response in different situations. And that's true for all of us. But uh, there's an opportunity for us to really seek God's strength and wisdom so that a positive legacy is built from this time. I wonder what that might look like for you in your particular situations. As the Holy, Holy Spirit emboldens you to serve and to be salt and light where you are. As Charlie Brown said, you cannot control what's happening around you, but you can control your response. How might that look like in terms of a generous spirit towards others? What that might look like in terms of looking out for one another and putting others first? A greater appreciation of nature, perhaps. Prioritizing time with God and acknowledging him in all things. As we go into the autumn, we're going to be having a teaching series in the morning which uh, really follows on from the Fruitfulness on the Frontline course we did a couple of years ago, which is very much telling stories of how individuals are living out faith day by day. There'll be opportunities for others in the congregation to contribute to that and share something of their stories. Who we are as individuals and as a worshipping community speaks volumes to a hurting world. And we have that message, don't we, of hope, of healing, of forgiveness, which is so needed at this time. This week, I've been running another of the uh, Hazelmere online youth ventures for teenagers. We had uh, about 70 of us all together, and in the midst of uh, murder mysteries and octathlons and uh, taskmaster challenges and chocolate brownie cook-alongs, we were exploring the theme of Jesus, the light of the world. And it was so inspiring to engage with some of these 14 and 15-year-olds about how they were seeking to be salt and light in their environments, on their front lines, at school, in their families, in their social groups. Yes, they had questions. At times, they have doubts. But they've come to know, many of them have come to know Jesus, the light of the world, and are now seeking to be his light where God has placed them. And that's true for us as well, isn't it? Whether it be in the counselling room, in our schools, in our offices, virtual or otherwise, our hospitals, our homes and our high streets. We have the opportunity to shape a new normal where the voice of Jesus is heard. Now perhaps your new normal is clouded by loss. Bereavement, perhaps. Job loss or economic challenges personal hardship. But even there, our light can shine as we acknowledge our losses, but walk forward in faith. Last Sunday evening, I shared briefly at the um, Compline service, which is happening again tonight, by the way, at eight o'clock here, a short excerpt from a poem from George Herbert, which speaks of lament and love. It speaks of recognizing some of the sadnesses, but out of that, responding with an attitude of love. This short excerpt goes like this. Ah, my dear angry Lord, since thou dost love yet strike, cast down yet help afford, sure I will do the like. 
I will complain, yet praise. I will bewail, approve. And all my sour sweet days, I will lament and love. Now to me, that was just a really honest piece of poetry that recognizes the wrestling and the struggling going on in that individual's life. And yet, a desire and a commitment in the midst of whatever the struggles might have been, to love. Being salt and light is a powerful expression of God's love for the world. So let's not put our light under a bowl, for that would be foolish. But let's put it on a stand and let our light shine before others that they may see our good deeds and glorify our Father in heaven. Amen.